Welcome to the Abundant Grace Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Lewis, and I am so glad you're here. My hope is that each episode feels like you're having tea or coffee with a friend. Religiosity can complicate our relationship with God, and it can feel more like a heavy burden than the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. I know what it's like to want a relationship with God and to feel like you have to do all the things the right way to keep God happy. Learning that God loves me and even likes me has changed my life and how I approach faith, the Bible, work, family. Because when you are grounded in your worth and God's grace, it does change everything. And I want to share that with you here. I pray that this podcast empowers you in your unique genuinely personal relationship with God and encourages you to rest in who God is and who he says you are. Hi there, friend. Welcome to this week's episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you're doing well. And it's not really what I'm talking about today, but I just want to take a minute to remind you how loved you are, how lovable you are, like love in action love on its way to you. You are so worthy to receive that you've been created with a need for love and you deserve to be loved and cared for. And you are a joy. Zephaniah three seventeen. is such a beautiful reminder that you are being rejoiced over. You don't have to prove anything or earn anything. Today's topic is fasting. And we are still in a series on the podcast about our uniquely personal relationship with God. And as I was considering some of the things that we need release around, fasting was one of those things because it can feel like something that we're supposed to get right in order to do it. And a lot of us miss out on participating in it when it feels like it has to look a certain way or be a certain thing. So I want to give us some more perspective on reasons we can fast, ways that you can fast. And basically this is your permission slip to try something and it doesn't have to be one specific way. Now, one of the biggest things that I had to overcome when a couple of my mentors both were talking about fasting and I started feeling like it was performance-based like, okay, so I cut out food and therefore God responds to me and answers my prayer. Like that sounds super performative and like, mm, I'm doing something to get something from God. And it felt really yucky, especially coming out of performance-based mindset where we're trying to earn or prove or, or strive. It just didn't fit. And that mindset shift was so important for me. And that's why I want to start with it because if fasting feels really gross or heavy to us, it's going to impact how we approach it and the impact that it's going to have on us too. It could be one of those things that I talk about that we might not want to be doing a lot of until we get our motivation figured out. 
But I will also tell you that taking action in this area and just giving it a try has been really fruitful in my life and my perception of God, even just through this practice alone. So while you're like wrapping your head around it, you are shedding layers of performance and trying to gain God's favor. While you're shedding those layers, it can still be helpful to continue or try something new or try something again that you maybe haven't done in a long time in fasting. But the biggest thing that shifted for me was I'm not trying to do it to get God's blessing. Even I'm not trying to do it to manipulate or control God or get him to do a specific thing in my life. While I don't think that that's a bad thing to be doing with fasting, I'll lead, I'll read some other ways that we can utilize fasting or that has been utilized in the Bible where we see other people doing it. But the approach that has worked really well for me is thinking of it as attuning our spirit and ourselves to what God is doing around us, helping me be more aware of God's presence and his voice, using it as a tool to put aside my flesh, put aside other distractions in our life, even good things, right? Like feeding ourselves or other things that we can fast from can be really good things. We can set them aside knowing that they are a distraction from the spiritual realm sometimes because we live as spiritual beings. We are a spirit and we live in our body and we have a soul but we live so much in the physical that a lot of times we forget about the spiritual that is going on around us. Everything that is happening around us is spiritual in some way, shape or form. And now that doesn't have to mean like it's all spiritual warfare. Cause I just, I mean, we can oversell that really to an unhealthy point, but if it's all spiritual, then we can say, is this God speaking to me? Is there something in the atmosphere? Is this an attack from the enemy? Is this something? Am I feeling something because of a spirit of heaviness on someone else or confusion or like there's so much that's going on in the spiritual realm, which we can miss when we're just continuing to live and focus on the physical that's right in front of us, the more tangible, obvious things. So fasting can help us deny some of the physical things and remove those distractions so that we can tune in to what God is saying to us and what he is leading and guiding us. So it can become a really lovely thing to be pursuing hearing God's voice Rather than like, I'm just going to do this so that he'll bless me. Or maybe if I fast, X, Y, Z will happen. That's the powerful mindset shift that helped me fast and experience his presence and the pursuit of his voice in a more deep way um, than asking for something 
physical in return because we can ask for something physical, but what would happen if in our prayers and in our fasting, we were pursuing divine, divine guidance and something that's not tangible because that's so much more valuable transformation that's happening in our hearts and lives. That's an example of something that's happening spiritual on another realm in another realm than the physical. So if we're pursuing only physical reprieve or physical provision, we are missing something of the supernatural that is available to us. Now I'm going to read a list of different reasons that people fasted in the Bible. And this was from a video that my mentor Gretchen put together back in December of last year, I think when she was encouraging us to fast and leading us through like, I don't know, a five day fast or something. And this was part of the introduction. She listed out different reasons why people fasted in the Bible. And that was one of the first pieces for me that helped me see that fasting didn't have to fit a specific box or mold or reason as I had made up in my mind, like fasting had been taught as black and white, like you do it this way or you don't do it. And so like the fear of not doing it right kept me from really participating in it when it had to be, it had to be 24 hours or it had to be three days or it had to be seven days. And it was only this, this way. And it had to be, um, you just drink water and not food or you could do no food and no water, but there was like, those were your options. You had like four options, um, for the different kind of fast that you wanted to do. And that made it less accessible. But this list was one of the things that started to jog my mind around like, what would be my motivation for fasting? And could it look differently than what was in my head? Like the box, the very narrow interpretation of it that I felt like had to be. So in Luke chapter four, Jesus fasts before his public ministry. He fasts as he's going into a heavy season with the enemy, where he has to be in tune with the father's will for his life as the enemy comes and tempts him with something else before he goes public. It is so crucial that we fast or at least spend a lot of time alone praying with God before we do something public. We have to be spending more time privately with Jesus than we do publicly for Jesus. In Nehemiah one verse four, um, they fasted before something seemingly impossible happened. They were building the wall and fighting battle and they took the time to fast to get God's help and ask for his protection in a seemingly impossible situation. In Psalm 35, 13, David fasts when there is an injustice done. And he fasts again in 2 Samuel 12 uh, for miraculous healing over something, even though 
he was in the wrong in this situation. He was still pleading and begging with God for miraculous healing. And we can fast and pray for the same in the new Testament. Jesus tells his disciples that the things that they are trying to overcome, the, um, demons that they are trying to cast out of these, the son, I think it was just one, one son that that kind, he says, doesn't go out, but by prayer and fasting, there's a certain power that we can tap into power from God, not like power to rule over, um, other people, but the power of the Holy spirit that is only accessible somehow through denying our flesh and getting alone with God, prayer and fasting in Esther four, verse three, um, they fasted, the Jews fasted when they felt like they were in danger, their entire country was, or their entire people group rather was threatened. And Esther felt very vulnerable. She was willing to risk her life to save them. And they fasted um, when she was putting her life in danger in acts 13, the early church committed their, their ministry through fasting. They committed their new calling. You could say when we start something new, it can be so powerful to pray over it and fast over it, inviting God's wisdom and direction and asking for his power and going before us. Hi there, friend. Here with the sponsor of today's show. I want to tell you about the one-on-one coaching spots that I have available right now to serve you and to encourage you and support you. As a spiritual mentor and a faith coach, I help you untangle the messages that you've been given about God and about yourself and decide which ones for you line up with your belief system, what you believe about God, what you believe about yourself, and then you can discard what's not serving you anymore and then build on a healthy, sturdy foundation of who God is, who you are, and then create a beautiful, flourishing relationship with him that is founded on his grace and truth and love without the extra expectations on your shoulders that maybe religion handed you or that you picked up from culture. Like this is the way a Christian should be. You can let those go and instead experience flourishing in your relationship with God because you've let go of the shame and the fear and the guilt that sometimes surrounds us trying to get it just right. When it comes to our relationship with God, I can help you let go of those and replace it with freedom and love and resting in who God is and owning who he says you are. If this is something that you're even remotely interested in, that you feel kind of pulled towards, go to yourrelationshipwithgod.com forward slash coaching. And we can chat about what it would look like to work with me and get you the breakthroughs that you're looking for. Again, go to yourrelationshipwithgod.com forward slash coaching. Now back to today's episode. Jehoshaphat in second Chronicles 23, he prays and fasts for protection. When he heard that they were going to be attacked, he fasted 
Uh, another, it's kind of similar to Nehemiah where it feels like an impossible situation, but they fasted and prayed. And that's what they chose to spend energy and time on. And it wasn't wasted. Uh, Israel fasted. I don't have the reference written down on this one, but they fasted when they were getting rid of idols as their repentance. Part of their repentance was fasting and they're returning back to God, which is what repentance is, right? It's a change of mind, a turning of a direction. And they're turning around and following God and they're fasting. And that's such a beautiful time when we are repenting from something and we spend our time hearing God's voice about the situation, tuning ourselves again to hear his voice, not spending time in penance and trying to list every sin we've ever committed as um, like cleaning our slate, but reorienting our hearts because sin, this is totally a rabbit trail, but I'm going to take it. Sin is something that gets in between us and our ability to relate to God well. It hinders that relationship. So if sin is in between us and God, and I don't mean that in like true separation from God because God is literally everywhere, but it it does impact that relationship. So if it is between us and God, kind of like, I think of it as tension, like when you're around someone that you love and there's like an elephant in the room that you need to deal with in order for the relationship to continue strong, you have to face the thing that's like bugging someone. Maybe it was an offense, maybe it was a misunderstanding, but you have to deal with that. And it's the same with God. You have to deal with that so that you can continue to have a whole relationship with God And it's just being honest with him about where we're at. So when we're repenting and praying and fasting, we're reorienting our hearts to hear God and to be in tune with him to repair that relationship. And even on this one, they had Samuel interceding for them. So it would be even can I say the word biblical to ask someone else to pray for you while you are seeking God's face and fasting in Ezra eight twenty one, they were praying and fasting for humility and a safe journey for their children. We can fast and pray for the legacy that we are handing down to the next generation, whether that's our physical children or it's children that we are around, whether it's family members or children at church or students at school, we are impacting them and we can pray and fast about the legacy that we are leaving behind. In Jeremiah 36, nine, he prays for his country and for his people. And we can fast and pray for our country and our people. And then the last one is in Jonah 3, 5 through 7, the Ninevites fast and they are fasting also in repentance and changing, changing their belief um, from one way to another. Those are just some examples of reasons and ways that other people in the Bible have fasted. And it can jog your memory or it can jog your mind rather of ways or reasons that you can be fasting. 
It doesn't have to be for one set specific reason. It can be unique to you and unique to your situation. Next, I want to talk about the different ways that you can fast. Now, it seems like there's like one way. Like, can somebody please tell me the magic formula for how I'm supposed to be fasting? Because I want to make sure I get this right. It feels like an elusive spiritual practice um, because it feels like next level in some ways. Like, am I going to really commit to doing this? This feels like a really big deal. And I want to make sure I have all my ducks in a row, but really what you can do is just start small, start with half a day, start from breakfast through lunch till dinner, start just fasting lunch, start just fasting, um, meat and grains. So you just eat fruit and vegetables, something that will key your mind in on the spiritual. One of the ways that this works, not the only way, because I truly believe we get an extra ability to see into the spiritual when we are fasting too. But one of the ways this works is every time that you feel hunger, it reminds you of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And then you can pray. It's a reminder to pray when you feel that hunger or feel that craving for something, you can then turn that into a prayer. And that's really beautiful to think about turning our cravings for food into a yearning to hear God's voice instead. So start small, start with one meal, start with 12 hours, start with half a day, Um, do it like once a week, commit to it once a month, do something that's manageable, but you can start practicing it now. And it doesn't necessarily have to be food. We can, we can fast from other distractions, a really common one, of course, being social media, but the Bible does specifically talk about fasting from food. Um, so there is something special and powerful about fasting from food, but there are different examples of fasts in the Bible. So we can, um, fast just from all food. We could fast from all solid food and drink broth, tea. Those are some different options that you can be drinking while you are abstaining from food. That is just some ideas. It doesn't have to be a specific way. And I know that's kind of annoying when it comes to fasting, but don't let yourself miss out on the benefits and blessings that come through fasting because you feel like it's supposed to look a certain way. If you want a book to read on fasting, I read Fasting by Jentizen Franklin early this year, recommended to me by Leah, my spiritual mentor. So if you want something that will inspire you and encourage you and give you a little bit more information about fasting, where it is in the Bible, how to go about it, some different best practices or breakthroughs that he's seen in his life and ministry, you can grab that book. Again, that was Jensen Franklin. Um, The title of the book is just called Fasting. So I hope this episode was helpful. I hope it helps you break out of any other box that you feel like you've been 
put in when it comes to your relationship with God, specifically around prayer and fasting. Oh, I just thought of one thing that has been helpful for me is when I'm fasting, I notice how distracted I am, obviously. And it's really humbling to notice how hangry I can get and be like, wow, this uncomfortable um, feeling is something that I have to navigate for X amount of hours. But somehow, even through that, I can still forget to pray and set aside time. So I encourage you, if you do fast or when you do fast, to set yourself a timer for every hour or every couple of hours to get alone and quiet and spend that time praying and fasting so that you have the space to hear God's voice. You're creating the distraction-free zone, which you're doing through fasting, but then you're also getting alone and getting still so that you can really get that download so that you are creating even more space to hear God's voice while you've done this work of fasting. So always fasting and prayer going hand in hand together. I can't wait to hear your results. If you try it, what comes up for you? Let me know. Send me a DM. I would love to be part of your journey as you're learning um, this skill and this spiritual practice of fasting. Before we go, I want to read a recent review that was left for Abundant Grace. This review was left by Sean. It says, such an important podcast for Christians. Emily tackles heavy loaded topics with simplicity and such a light heart. In this podcast, you will learn to recoup from shame, guilt, fear, and grow closer with the God who made you. This podcast is truly a blessing, and I know it will encourage you to dig deeper in your relationship with God. Thank you so much for this review. I'm so honored and thankful to be part of your spiritual journey as you grow closer to God and know who he says that you are. If you want me to shout you out and read your review on the podcast, leave me a review on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts, leave your name and I will read it and shout you out. Thank you so much for being here, friend. I hope you have an awesome rest of your week. Thanks for listening to the Abundant Grace Podcast. If this episode was an encouragement to you, I would love to invite you to share it with a friend. And it would help me out so much if you would leave a review for the Abundant Grace Podcast. It makes a world of difference getting this podcast into the ears of other people so that they can be empowered and freed from religious do's and don'ts too. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on this week's episode. You can find me hanging out on Instagram at emily.abundantgrace, or you can send me an email at hello at emilyklewis.com. I'm praying for you and cheering you on in your faith and healing. Have a great rest of your day. And remember, there's nothing you can do that will make God love you more and nothing you have done that makes God love you less.